Welcome back to season three of the Human Experience Podcast, hosted by me, Kiara Marie. I am a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, functional nutritional therapy practitioner, and root cause protocol consultant. I'm here to share my human experience as well as have powerful conversations with the leaders in the health and wellness space. The Human Experience Podcast began because I truly believe our souls are here to experience a wide range of emotions, make mistakes, own our past traumas that led us to make them, and face our deepest fears in order to grow. The Human Experience is a conversation about self-development, conscious awareness, and normal human responses, and connecting emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual health. The Human Experience promises to deliver authenticity and diversity. The Human Experience community is a group of humans doing the work so they can live their lives to their fullest potential and are here to break intergenerational family patterns so generations to come can too. At The Human Experience, we're diving deep. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy the show. talk about hormones today because I see so many women who are suffering from hormone imbalances. I think it's nearly impossible to not have a hormone imbalance these days, just with the xenoestrogen exposure, all of the phytoestrogens that we're eating, all of the polyunsaturated fatty acids that we're eating. Now, I don't think that the occasional use and intake of these foods will harm you. I think it's the the incessant uh, perpetuating cycle of going out to eat every single day, exposing yourself to uh, Bath and Body Works progress, products or things that contain fragrance and all those parabens and yeah, things that are endocrine disrupting on a regular basis and consuming a lot of soy, um, things of that nature that I think can in the long term cause more damage um, and can create something like a hormone imbalance. So I want to talk about in this episode, how to spot out a hormone imbalance. If uh, I want to review the symptoms that might indicate you have a hormone imbalance. I also want to review how your hormones are supposed to fluctuate as a cycling woman. And I also want to review the three phases of estrogen detox. I also want to cover how a stress response creates a hormone imbalance over time and the stages of stress and how we adapt to stress and how we can improve our stress response. So let's hop into it. So how to spot out a hormone imbalance? Do you have any of these symptoms? PMS or mood swings? I think that's a given. Cramping, heavy or light or irregular periods, fatigue, bloating, night sweats and sleep issues, breast tenderness, migraines and headaches, infertility, acne, low libido, weight gain, brain fog. Now, that was just a really long list of symptoms. And I think that pretty much every single woman I know can at least check off one of those things, if not multiple uh, things off of that checklist. And have you ever gone to your doctor just to hear them say, don't worry, it's just hormonal and maybe they'll put you on some hormone replacement therapy or some birth control and that'll fix everything. 
Or maybe you've gotten your hormones checked only to be left without answers or same as above. Next time that happens, I want you to ask your physicians why your hormones are imbalanced. See what they give you. See what reasons they give you. Um, you might get lucky and some of them might say like stress definitely plays a, a factor, um, plays a role, but they might not go into like the different forms of stress. They might just say it's emotional. Like, what do you have going on? Things like that. When we know stress comes in so many forms, right? We talk about blood sugar imbalance. That's a stressor. We talk about electromagnetic frequency exposure. That's a stressor. We talk about chemicals in our environment. Those are stressors, mold toxicity stressors, even like prescription medications can be stressors as well. Something as simple as birth control can create nutritional imbalances, which is a stressor. So we really have to break down stress. And I will get to that later on in this episode. Don't you worry. Um, but once you're having these hormone symptoms, um, this means that these things have been underlying for a while. Symptoms don't just happen overnight, guys. Um, even when someone is having a bad period, they're like, I've been doing everything just like you've told me to, Kiara. My period sucks. And I'm like, what did the past 100 days look like for you? The follicles that we're developing today are going to be released when our eggs drop um, 100 days down the road, technically 90, but you get the gist. Um, but our bodies are also really, really resilient and they can handle a lot of the burden that we put on them. And once that burden bucket overflows and tips over, that's when you start to see some of these symptoms. So again, what causes the overflow? Some form of stress. Too much stress, mental, emotional, physical, blood sugar imbalance, gut and liver health is poor, poor cellular health, poor detoxification, sleep issues, not enough movement or too much movement, nutrition and following diets that don't work for your physiology, toxins, and mineral deficiencies and imbalances. Your hormones are not the root cause. However, I think a lot of people when entering this health space, they're like, oh my gosh, like I have all these symptoms. Like I want to get to the root cause of everything. Ah, I have a hormone imbalance. Like how do I fix my hormone imbalance? And that is not where we need to look. It's a matter of figuring out what got your hormones so wrecked in the first place. Again, it doesn't happen overnight. For example, if you have high estrogen and you need to address toxins and detox pathways and stress and mineral deficiencies and copper and iron and estrogenic foods and gut health and liver health, being put on birth control or hormone replacement therapy is not going to fix this. Again, it's a band-aid and that can work. It can work temporarily, short-term gain, but maybe a year, not even sometimes a year. I see women who get on it. And I was one of those women who was like quickly, like did not do well with birth control. Um, and some women will try different forms of birth control. But to me, that was a sign that this is not resonating with my body. I did not like the way it made me feel. I fell into a deep depression. I gained weight rapidly. I just, it felt very unnatural to me. And even when I knew nothing about the holistic health space, I was like, this just does not feel right intuitively. So I stopped it. But I think as time goes on, the, the Band-Aid will fall off and will begin to bleed, quite literally. Uh, but all of our symptoms that we had suppressed and suppressed and suppressed may have even gotten worse 
especially if you got on birth control to heal your hormone imbalances, because again, it's not healing. It's just suppressing the symptoms. And sometimes, sometimes these things can actually turn out to be worse if that is indeed the case. So before you actually want to blame high estrogen or low progesterone or high testosterone or whatever else you've Googled or that's showing up on your lab test, remember to ask yourself, how did I get here in the first place? And I think that is when it your healing journey really gets real because then you're looking at so many components of your life and you're like, dang. And I just had a wake up moment last week when I got my medical records from my physician's office. I was just really curious. Went back all the way until I was 19 years old and I was like, holy shit. I, I have been through so much. I've been put on so many medications. I've been put on so many supplements that were unnecessary and I didn't know why I was taking them in the first place. And turns out they actually made uh, my nutritional balances a lot worse. So I'm like, wow, we really have to peel back all of these layers in order to truly heal. And sometimes it's not pretty. If you're going through an emotional healing journey, you can understand this. And same goes for physical healing. It's really not that beautiful sometimes. You have your moments where you feel on top of the world and it's like, yes, like I'm getting somewhere. And then maybe something will trigger an event um, of symptoms to take place. And it's like, darn, I feel like I've made progress and now I'm taking steps backwards. And that's not totally the case. Sometimes healing is not completely linear. And I know you guys hear this time and time again, but truly it's not. And that's something, even as a practitioner, I've witnessed for myself, even as something as, sim uh, as simple as donating blood. Um, I think that's a really powerful tool and should only be done so like when you're ready for it, like your body's ready for it. But I've noticed that began to uh, mobilize estrogen and iron for me, right? It's kickstarting my iron recycling sim sim system and iron and estrogen are bound together. So that is maybe creating some forehead acne for me. I don't think healing is this place that we arrive at, guys. I think it's this journey and we're always learning and trying new things. And as long as we're conscious and aware of how our body feels, I think that should be your main guide and tool as you embark on a healing journey like this this is a lifestyle and once you choose this lifestyle it's really hard to unsee a lot of these things that we now know so focusing on hormones alone doesn't make sense we have to look at the whole picture and sometimes it takes going back to birth and maybe the health of your parents when you were conceived did they truly love each other? Were they in a good place in their relationship? Were you wanted or were you an accident? Like all these things, you know, really tie into like the, the trauma component of healing that I am not an expert in, but I have tools in my toolkit to help guide me so that I can integrate that into my health journey. Um, some of the things that I talk about with my clients are EFT, emotional freedom technique, tapping. Um, I also love myofascial release, uh, releasing the stored trauma from our tissues. I love like using a trigger pointing tool. Like, um, I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about, but they're like bars that you essentially like use on yourself or even something as simple as foam rolling or 
uh, a Theragun, like, which is a percussion tool or like percussion gun, uh, lacrosse balls, things like that. Um, that can be really helpful um, in regulating your physiology, essentially. You're correcting posture, you're releasing and breaking up fascia, and that is allowing minerals to reach your cells and actually re like retaining these minerals. Um, when it comes to shifting over and like really healing your hormone balances and getting to the deeper underlying issue, it's going to take that well-rounded approach. And that's why I always recommend working with a practitioner because there's so many things that cannot possibly be done in one night. This is why I like to work with my clients on a three-month basis. Bare minimum, most of my clients extend on a month-to-month -month basis um, because there's just so much, you guys. And like having someone there, I recently just had a client come back because she was like, I just need your support. Like I just feel so overwhelmed. Um, and that's why I hire practitioners myself too because it is overwhelming. Anywho, I want to hop into why your hormones should fluctuate each month as a cycling woman. Um, so the how. You have technically four phases of your menstrual cycle, but um, if you're speaking to a physician, they might just um, mention it as like the follicular phase and the uh, ovulatory phase because the follicular phase can cover the menstrual phase as well. But the menstrual phase is day one of your cycle. And this is when your uterus sheds your endometrium. And this should last anywhere from three to seven days. It should come and go with ease. There should be little to no cramping, little to no blood clots, um, no pain or heavy bleeding. It also shouldn't be too light and scanty. And your temperatures, if you're tracking your basal body temperature, it should be around 97.6 degrees Fahrenheit. And the follicular phase is next after the menstrual phase. This is when the uterus is ready to catch up with the ovaries baby making agenda um, because whether or not you want to conceive, fertility is a health marker. Um, and that's so, always something to remember. Um, and like I said, the menstrual phase is a part of the follicular phase. So again, if you talk to someone who has a license to practice medicine, that's how they'll refer to it. Um, but essentially the pre-ovulatory phase should last anywhere from 10 to 23 days. And it's the variable part of the menstrual cycle and is easily, easily, easily impacted by stress. This is why I said the past 100 days reflect how your period is happening today. And again, your temperature should be around 97.6 degrees Fahrenheit. Next up is ovulation. That is the one day out of the month that you're fertile. That is when you release and drop an egg. There is a fertile window, however, that lasts three to five days. And you should be wary of it if you're actively trying to avoid a pregnancy. Um, and you're gonna support this phase by managing blood sugar, don't over-exercise, eat nourishing food, eat your daily raw carrot salad and limit those polyunsaturated fatty acids, limit, limit those PUFAs. Um, and again, ovulation is only one day out of your cycle, um, but you can be in your fertile window. Um, and that is when you see your, uh, your temperatures rise. That's when you can see cervical mucus, that stretchy, clear cervical fluid. Um, and that is the main event of your cycle, not your period. Your main event, the whole point of your cycle is to ovulate. That is when your like our bodies as women are designed to have a baby. Um, 
so we should really always like when we're focused on like, why is my period late? Why is my period late? Why are you ovulating late? Like what's going on underneath the hood to cause you to ovulate a little bit later this month? Was there more stress in your life? Are you in a protocol right now that's taking your cycle a little bit longer to regulate? Um, are you having really long cycles? Like what is preventing you from ovulating each month? So Remember, ovulation is the main event. Next up is your luteal phase. This is the final phase of your cycle before we circle back around to the menstrual phase. This follows ovulation and menstruation. This is where progesterone shines. Ovaries pump the progesterone and get that uterine lining ready for implantation. The post-ovulatory phase, um, which is the luteal phase, should be anywhere from 10 to maybe 16 days. Um, you might also feel lower energy. Your temperatures at the beginning of this phase rise to 98 degrees Fahrenheit, and then they start to decrease towards the end of this phase back around to lower temperatures around your period. Now, estrogen plays a role in various body functions. However, high levels of estrogen can pose health risks such as weight gain, thyroid dysfunction, breast or ovarian cancer, and blood clots. So how can you begin ridding your body of excess estrogen? The answer is to support proper estrogen detoxification in the body. And there are three phases of estrogen detox. So the body metabolizes estrogen using two phases in the liver and then eliminates it via our stool. And there's a whole process that happens and needs to take place in order for this to happen. So phase one, during the first phase of estrogen detox, the metabolism can go one of three pathways. There's 2OH, 4OH, and 16OH. And ideally, 60 to 80% of our estrogen goes down the 2OH pathway. And this is the most beneficial pathway because it has anti-cancer properties. And then the 4-OH pathway, less than 10% goes down uh, of this path down this pathway. And this is the least desirable pathway because it can make reactive estrogen products that potentially damage DNA. And this is what, you know, if we see this elevated on a Dutch test, we can, you know, just be a little bit more wary and conscious of this. Um, this is something I saw with my mom and she developed breast cancer. Um, so that's just something to be aware of. And the final pathway, 16-OH, so 13 to 30% goes down this pathway. And you don't want too much estrogen going down this pathway because it can exacerbate high estrogen symptoms, but it is vital for bone health. So why is your body favoring the 4-OH pathway? So there are some reasons. First off, inflammation. If you have inflammation in your gut, you have poor digestion, that could be impacting this pathway. We usually see that uh, beta-glucuronidase beta enzyme elevated on a stool test, if this is the case, if it's like gut-related. Um, there is high fat, low-fiber diets, like such as uh, keto and low-carb, um, not Lido's, but I guess that counts too. Uh, environmental chemicals, nutrient deficiencies, uh, such as B vitamins, vitamin C, vitamin E, all necessary for good detoxification. And some sometimes genetic mutations. Not that genetic mutations hold a lot of weight. It's just that we need to make sure that we're supporting detoxification really well with genetic mutations. Um, and just that just goes for everyone in general. Um, so what are the ways that you can support healthy phase one metabolism? 
You want to begin by supporting gut health and digestion, especially bile. My favorite way to do this is, is with digestive bitters. I love organic Olivia's brand and digestive juice. And I also use Urban Moonshine that contains a little bit of alcohol. So you can't use that while pregnant or breastfeeding. Um, but organic Olivia's doesn't. And the Urban Moonshine one is a little bit more bitter. Um, you can also do raw carrots, especially like the raw carrot salad, whole food vitamin C. Remember, not ascorbic acid because that actually depletes you. Vitamin C and copper, uh, vitamin E. Make sure it's the D-alpha tocopherols on the ingredient label, not the D-L-alpha tocopherols because that is synthetic. Uh, magnesium. Oh, and also make sure that the vitamin E does not contain soy oil. There are a lot of like poor quality vitamin E supplements on the market. Um, I would just make sure that you get a high quality vitamin E supplement. Um, magnesium. One of my favorite things to recommend starting off with would be like a transdermal magnesium. That seems pretty safe, but I think it's really useful to get a hair tissue mineral analysis done so you can see what your magnesium status is laying at and your sodium potassium because if magnesium is taken too quickly and too much, too fast, um, that can throw off sodium potassium and you can feel like this tired but wired feeling and restless and it's just not a fun feeling. So remember it's mineral balance, it's not overdoing any of the minerals. All right. so. You can also find out what your estrogen detox is doing by ordering a Dutch test. So these tests that I'm mentioning, the hair tissue mineral analysis and the Dutch test are actually two tests that I'm including in my um, VIP package coming up in July. I have three client spots left, but otherwise work with a practitioner who orders them. Um, I think they're fabulous test. Of course, nothing is flawless. So that's why I like to use the Dutch test, a hair tissue mineral analysis test and a full Monty iron panel to get like a clear picture. Alrighty, moving on to phase two. Uh, after phase one, estrogen metabolism, 4-OH, 2-OH estrogens are deactivated by methylation. Um, so this is an essential step because we want to neutralize the estrogen so that the body can eliminate it. So I like to think of our, uh, like a bathtub and, um, phase one detoxification is like filling up the bathtub. And once your bathtub is full, you have to drain it. And that's where phase two comes in you, to drain the bathtub. Your body uses methylation, amino acids. So we love collagen peptides, magnesium, um, and, then the, that allows the estrogen to form and that can be easily eliminated. And if you do not drain your bathtub, the estrogen will recirculate and become even more toxic. This is when we see that beta-glucuronidase elevated on that GI map. Um, so some things that you can do to support phase two of detoxification um, gut health. If you have an overgrowth of dysbiosis or a parasite or pathogen that could be causing inflammation in the gut, this can impact the absorption of nutrients such as B12 um, and also how well you're draining that bathtub. And you also want to be sure to replenish nutrient deficiencies. We also need like plenty of B vitamins. Um, foods to consider would be like eggs, including the yolk, not just egg whites, guys. Please don't tell me you're just eating egg whites still. Bone broth, leafy greens, grass-fed pasture-raised beef, organ meats, and bone broth. 
So phase two is heavily dependent on genetics and specific nutrients. And if you're struggling here, um, then those are the areas that you would want to focus on. And then finally, phase three. Once we go through phases one and two of estrogen detox, we now have all the estrogen packaged up with a pretty little bell ready to leave the body. So it, it excretes via our waste. Estrogen is transported to our bile, made in the liver, stored in the gallbladder, and then excreted into the digestive system. And we all have what is called estrobolum, which are bacteria that can handle estrogen excretion. So we poop our estrogen out and repeat the process all over again. Our bodies are continually ex detoxing estrogen all day, every day. So again, this is a lifestyle, not just like a, a detox <laughs> that you want to embark on. You have to constantly be supporting estrogen detoxification. It's a lifestyle. So again, what can impair phase three detox, inflammation, poor gut health, high beta-glucuronidase, um, poor digestion, uh, constipation. Um, so basically some of my favorite tools in my toolkit are eating the raw carrot salad daily, like not messing around with that every single day, raw carrot salad, bashing it at the beginning of the week using the apple cider vinegar, using the coconut oil and the sea salt and eating that every single day. If you have sluggish bile and like constipation is an issue, I'd make sure that I'm getting enough magnesium. I'm also using digestive bitters. I'm getting into a parasympathetic state often. I'm really improving my perception of stress. Um, and speaking of stress, so how a stress response creates a hormone imbalance over time. So despite the catastrophic rise of stressors in this modern world, successful adaptation requires that we feel better and live more gracefully with what is. It's critical, releasing what has happened, fear of what might happen, and returning so gently to what the present moment demands. And imagine if we could all just turn down the intensity of our stressors throughout each day. Maybe, just maybe, that would open up more space for us to function with the picture closer to creativity, cooperation, compassion, and to actually pursue the aspects of life that we feel as uh, meaningful and revitalizing and refreshing and impactful beyond just ourselves. So if you're hoping for more energy and clarity and vitality to focus on relationships and our passions um, and just being able to do more, including like the simple tasks that we dread or just don't have the energy for each day, um, I think it really comes back down to improving our perception of stress, rewiring the brain's neural pathways as a maladaptive response to chronic stress. And these changes can also pass down from generation to generation, which is awesome. Like just to think and know that you have the power to manifest greatness for generations to come is beautiful. So our gut microbiome also influences our stress response and how even the types of fibers um, we eat or the mindset we practice can most definitely impact the strains of bacteria that proliferate, but also influence the cascade of hormones that is released in response to the perceived catastrophe. So I want to get into the five phases of stress. Um, 
because our physiology changes drastically in a response to stress as our bodies bodies flood with stress-induced hormones, preparing us to respond accordingly because that's what our body is designed to do. It's designed to help us survive. Um, So our limbic system kicks into gear and we feel it. So you might notice physical symptoms taking place like shallow breathing, sweating, increased heart rate. Um, as our systems shift towards excitation, such as um, adrenaline being released, cortisol, serotonin, prolactin, TSH, in response to the threat. So we start declining and we start adapting. We start adapting to the stress. And just because we adapt doesn't mean that it's necessarily good. It's a burden that our bodies have to carry. And remember, stress becomes in so, comes in so many forms, blood sugar swings, mold, glyphosate, microplastics, um, negative like toxins from our environment, inflammatory thoughts, feeling lonely, isolation, purposeless, uh, feeling overwhelmed or complicated. Um, there's so many stressors. And I think today more now than ever, we're experiencing stress in so many different forms, especially electromagnetic. So the stages of stress are broken into the alarm stage, the resistance stage, recovery, adaptation, and exhaustion, which is burnout. As the body adapts to this persistent, unrelenting stress, the diseases of adaptation ensue. And the symptoms include chronic fatigue, insomnia, broken sleep, or even excessive sleeping, extreme hunger, loss of your libido, reduced capacity to experience joy or pleasure, memory and concentration and impairment and brain fog, hormonal imbalances, delayed ovulation, unexplained aches and pains, high levels of inflammation and stiffness in the morning. So I think when it comes to improving your stress response, it first requires that acceptance that stress is normal and a natural part of life. Of course, supporting your body with food like oxtail and liver and pasture-raised egg yolks and oysters um, and removing the stressor and maybe considering brain rewiring. I love to be magnetics program. I'm in their membership all about neuroplasticity and hypnosis and rewiring those neural pathways, Um, meditation, breathing, some of my favorite tools in my toolkit that have helped me so much. And if there's a thought leader in this space that you want to look to, my my first recommendation would be Eckhart Tolle. I love his book, um, A New Earth and the Power of Now. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode, guys. I want to do more of these educational solo podcast episodes that I think uh, – can be really helpful to you guys on just like one mini topic to give you an introduction. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. And if you did, please don't hesitate to support the podcast by giving it a five-star reviewer rating until next time. Hey guys, if you haven't heard about the nourish method yet, have you been living underneath a rock? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I want to chat about it with you some more today though, um, because the Nourish Method is my baby and I want you to know about it. So the Nourish Method is my 12 module online passive course, which helps women terminate their digestive issues and balance their hormones all by restoring their metabolism. So inside of my online course, you will get access to the following. 
12 modules teaching you on how to begin nourishing your body and the why behind everything so that you have a better understanding on how to nourish. You will also get access to an exclusive Facebook community so you can get advice and support from myself and other like-minded women. I also go live inside of that private Facebook community every other week, answering your questions so that you feel supported. You will also get access to a discounted pro-metabolic meal plan by Fallon Denae, a downloadable 10-week strength training program by Adina Rubin, an EFT tapping session with Teresa Piella, a fertility awareness lesson with Nina Boyce, a supplement guide, a metabolic checklist, a temps and pulses guide, a grocery guide, a recipe book, non-toxic brand recommendations, and so much more. You guys, I am ecstatic about this online program and you should be too. The ladies inside of the Nourish Method are already experiencing the magic of better periods, less bloat, quality sleep, and happier moods. So if you want the same thing, you can head to the link in the show notes and sign up today and I'll see you inside.